Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a mysterious room of long-forgotten moldy mascot memorabilia. Often pitched by ad agencies, always rejected by NJM. Is it real? We may never know. But what is real is NJM's dedication to doing what's right for their customers. Astoundingly, they're proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. Learn more at njm.com. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of The Juice. I'm your host, Solomon Giorgio, comedian, writer, and the last person to see Casper before he became a ghost. Today's guest is a podcaster, baker, and gossipy tweet maker. You know him as the host of the hit podcast, Good Christian Fun, Inside Voices, and Gilmore Guys. Join me in giving a big, juicy welcome to Kevin T. Porter. Wow, we did jump right in. You were not kidding. Goodness gracious. I told gracious. you, like, I did the whole, like, the intros are going to be recorded. I'm saying nice things about you before you even get here. That's so lovely. And this is sort of the opposite of the aesthetic of, I will say, West Coast podcasting circa yeah. 2011 to 2017, where people would say, are we rolling right now? Is this yeah. even recording right now? Yeah, we're doing is... the opposite of that. Like, yes. yes, we are recording. Let's do it. I'm letting you know right now. I'm letting you know multiple times that we're recording. So that way mm-hmm. when we are recording, we're recording. And you're not committing a crime in the state of California. Yeah, I don't think like starting a conversation with somebody means you can start recording them. <laughs> That's right. That's why you have to be very explicit and get enthusiastic consent before you do any podcast. I'm all about positive consent in every That's format right. and shape, including in podcasting. Yeah, I- <laughs> I think most especially for me in podcasts, that's the most important form of consent. And then, yeah, deal with the other one. <laughs> and the rest of them. But the, I'm surprised we've never officially have met before. We've always, I think we've been circling each other for years. We've run in the same circles. I think we became Twitter mutuals many years ago. I know of your shows. You have a current one right now about podcasting even. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, there's Inside Voices yes. where I've talked to other people who do podcasts. And then there's also Good, Good Christian, Christian Fun. Fun. Yeah. What, so what's... Which which uh flavor? Which branch of flavor yeah, of Christianity yeah, yeah. you have to grow up in? Protestant Christianity, a lot of non-denominational in in the Texas area and the Houston area of Texas. So non-denominational for those that don't know. I mean, it's Protestant, it's adjacent to Baptist stuff, but it's a little slippery, so it's whatever you want it to be. And not in the Unitarian sense, but just in the sense of like basically evangelical, but they're not adherent to yeah. larger denominations like Methodist or, you know, Presbyterian, Lutheran, etc. Okay. So it's not not the most toxic one of them. Uh, not as far as I can tell. I don't know. I don't know. I I haven't done a power ranking of which, which is the most toxic denomination, but that would be worth doing at some point. I I can help in in a little bit because I grew up Ethiopian Orthodox and we are one of the oldest Christian uh, churches and it is, (laughs) it's a little on the poisonous side too. (laughs) 
Okay. Why? Which part of it was the worst? Um, well, it's it's very. Um, you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to have this in your house. There's there's also paying a little bit of your uh, money, uh, a certain percentage. Sure, a little tithe. It's a very fun thing that my parents still are part of. So. But what are the things that aren't allowed to be in your house? Um, it depends. It was very specific about American culture things. Like out of nowhere, they were like, "Hey, no Power Rangers." Okay. And okay, so anything like resembling yeah. secular culture, the influence of the world. But they only specifically chose certain things. And my parents, since their understanding of American culture was very, like, based on what they told them. Like, my parents didn't watch Power Rangers. They had no idea what the context was. They only knew that the church said no. So, therefore, I had my Power Ranger toys taken away. Yet, I was still watching pro wrestling with my dad every night. Yeah, okay. So, it's a little pick and choose. It wasn't an all or nothing yeah, proposition. No. Or, or, or a consistent ethic as far as what you exactly. got to experience or not. Okay. But since this is specifically about gossip, and I know the church and, and gossip are one in one. <laughs> you know. And I also know your fair share of being, like, I know you've... You've been in your fair share of celebrity gossip, but I want to know what it was like. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, Solomon. I don't know what you mean. I think, celebrity I think, gossip. I think there's a few things that have happened in your past that I might be a little bit familiar with. I don't know, maybe just a slight takedown of one of the most powerful lesbians <laughs> <laughs> in, in morning television. Yeah, she, uh, uh, listen, I mean, we can get to her later, but I, as far as how I grew up yes. with gossip, uh, you know, in in Texas, Texas is fake South. Like it's the South, but it's not. Texas is sort of its own thing. But yes. there is still a lot of overlap with what people associate with the idea of Southern pleasantries and saying, bless her heart, and then saying the meanest thing you've ever heard in the same sentence, yes. that sort of situation. And so that manifested a lot in church. And of course, in the church culture I grew up, um, the, the thing about it, in, and at least the particular flavor, like we were talking about, that I grew up in, everyone felt a sort of entitlement to each other's personal life because it was the whole relationship and community of the church was predicated on this idea of like doing life yeah. together and being very vulnerable. And part of vulnerability is I need to know every part of your sex life and every part of your personal life. And that is just, oh, that is obviously a given. That's not you opening up to me. It's like, no, just tell me because mm -hmm. I need to know. And that would manifest itself in like men's groups where everyone would cry because they looked at porn and jacked off. That would manifest itself in sort of um, prayers that kind of function as confessions to each other yeah. or kind of gossip tucked into a prayer where you're praying for mm -hmm. someone else and it's like you kind of oh. say what maybe it is that they're going through at the time. I love that. That's my favorite of all time. It's a pretty effective method. It's a good tactic, I would say. Do you have any recollection of any of those? Because I've always... Oh, oh, any like gossip tucked into prayer. Honestly, it was like a men's group thing and we were praying for like one of the guys that maybe wasn't mm -hmm. there. Or, like him and his girlfriend have been like stumbling or not been, you know, not been faithful to scripture, which uh, means like they were probably fingering each other or something. <laughs> like there's a lot of that. A lot of that in the fingering group. is, God doesn't, I think God lets that slide a little bit. You don't need to throw that in the prayer. Yeah, God lets the finger slide. I mean, you put them all together. <laughs> And they do make prayer hands. You just slide them all together. All five of those, you know, upstairs piggies is what I call them. We call toes piggies, but yeah. <laughs> upstairs <laughs> piggies? Are, yeah, these are upstairs piggies. <laughs> so yeah, that was definitely uh, a big part of it. And then also in addition to being involved in church when I was a kid, I was involved 
uh, quite heavily in theater. And that was a great breeding ground for mm-hmm. who's fucking who and what and why. And she did this <sighs> and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, the our theater director, Rod Sheffield, I will say first and last name. He's like <laughs> a bodybuilder now. He's a very jacked guy. He would sometimes partake in it, in a, you know, in a safe way, in a way that wasn't strange. But, you know, uh, yeah. Oh, they're good. Hope, as well. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how's, oh, this, no. how's it not Sweet. strange, though? <laughs> Oh, it was just fun when he would be bitchy. I mean, at the time, at the time that I took, you know, that he was like directing our shows and our classes, I believe he was in the closet. I believe he's fully out now um, on his Instagram. One thing that I truly believe that people really should get into about getting older is the uh, the comfort and freedom uh, you live in uh, now that you're no longer concerned about um, keeping up appearances. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Cause it's like, what's the most embarrassing thing that could happen to me? I'm out of here in 20 years or less. Yes, exactly. So, the planets you know, die. <laughs> that's the thing. I know. That's what's so frustrating about having climate denier parents. Yeah. It's like, they're not going to be able to see that they were wrong because they're just going to croak before it happens. I'm not sure if my parents even believe that climate exists, let alone it's <laughs> being destroyed. Right. So, same. Is there a climate? What's a climate? What does it even mean? It's, weather mm-hmm. is weather. Like how, how's it being worse? It's all constructs, man. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, whether (laughs) it's just something the Lord constructed to test our faith, much like the dinosaur bones. (laughs) We all know this is true. Oh my God. So did you, do you actually have those kind of people growing up at all? The the ones that are just like, no, science isn't real. Oh, you know, like uh, there was, there was a few outliers, but that really wasn't a part of what I remember is even my friend group and even being in the church, we'd already gotten to the point at least where science and faith could work in tandem and could coexist with each other. It was not fully, uh, uh, you know, in, you know, at odds with each other, yeah. but maybe that's not true now. I don't know. I think it's probably, I feel like a lot of people that are, that are very vocal now were, is like something that I didn't recall growing up with. Like, it just, it seemed like both things need to, <laughs> both things kind of fit together. Like I had like, a, I met a few people that didn't believe in dinosaurs and that was about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that was the most controversial thing. It's like earth started 6,000 years ago. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I know. Well, and what's funny too, if you, if, if you ever meet like a hardcore young earth creationist sort of like fucking, there's no possibility for evolution because even a lot of fundamentalist Christians are like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe evolution was part of God's design. Maybe the flood was a metaphor. You know, we'll be pretty flexible about that mm-hmm. stuff. But finding like a young earth, creation is hardcore. Yeah. And then just asking any sort of like <laughs> question based on fact, you will get a show. You will get a yeah. full on gymnastics display in terms of like, well, actually God created the earth to be old, just like Adam and Eve were old. You know, like there will be yeah. a sort of point counterpoint to each little chess move yeah. you could possibly make rhetorically. You went to school in Austin. Where did you grow up? Went to school in Austin. And then I grew up in Houston, which is, I guess I should say Kingwood, which is the suburbs a little bit north yeah. of Houston. So Houston proper was just like 20 minutes away by car. Uh, born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which has a lot of weird Christian stuff going on there for really? whatever reason. But moved there, moved to Texas when I was five. So did you ever like go on like any like retreats with the church or? Oh yeah. We go to mission trips. We would go to Tucson, Arizona by bus and then walk into Mexico during the day, do a vacation Bible school for the children, then peace the fuck out by four <laughs> o'clock and be like, all right, we're done. See ya. Uh, yes. I uh, did, did a few of those. That was the first time I came out to LA was with a, <laughs> a Christian drama troupe called Out There Ministries. When I was 12 years old, they were all five or six years older than me. 
And we did the same thing, or although we stayed overnight in Mexico and hung out with the church a little bit more. We didn't like paint houses or do any of those like sort of empty gestures that yeah. make for good reels. But um, but but we yeah, we did do that. We would cross over and that was doing something, I guess. I don't know. Is there any like what was the biggest scandal you recall from any of uh of this time? A scandal that I can recall was one time I made because I would be you know, even at that time, I would take a camcorder, which was like a digital light camcorder, because this is like 2003, 2004. And I would shoot a bunch of video and then edit it together on a big laptop computer using Premiere Pro back in the day. So this is like 2003, 2004, and to render something took for fucking ever. And I remember I did one version of the video for the church, and then I did another version where it was like, you know, mission trip uncut. It was just like me cutting together things to amuse myself. I remember one night I showed the men's group in high school and then one of the associate pastors took the DVD from me. He's like, I'm going to need to look at this. He didn't see what was on it. He took it from me and then I got in trouble with the big youth pastor, like the higher up and like got disciplined. And he, he had me in his office and scolded me. And it was very scary at the time, you know, because yeah. I was like, what, 12 or 13 years old. And these adults were saying, you fucked up so bad. And, you know, like the Christian version of that. Yeah. So I do, I do remember that part just because there were like, there were a few little body jokes in the, you know, it was, it was a group of eight young boys who yeah. were watching. It wasn't like we projected it for the elders or the shareholders of the church or whatever. It's true. But uh, the fear of internal damnation is, it's a very strong pill. Yeah. Well, I think anytime there's something that happens within the walls or under the roof of a church and it's not fully vetted by whoever the higher-ups are. They're like, well, this is, you know, a sort of passive condoning of whatever mm -hmm. this is. So this cannot stand. We need to make some sort of statement or example. Do you guys have any uh, anybody speaking tongues at all, or is that? You know, I, so I went to this one church, uh, primarily Woodridge, and it was like technically a Baptist church. Yeah. And then I would go to uh, an Assembly of God church called Lindale. And you went to two churches? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I got around back then. It was a different time. I was 12 years old, had no car, just taking ride to ride. I was loving it. And Landale Assembly of God is more of what you're describing, which is a charismatic yeah. church. So charismatic means the sort of thing that maybe uh, your listeners would understand is like, Benny Hinn, uh, speaking in tongues, spiritual gifts, yes. people getting pushed down, you know, hands laid on them, then getting pushed down and being quote-unquote slain in the spirit. Yeah. And a more explicit... Um, passionate, but also kind of spooky <laughs> yes. example of, of faith. We went to an evangelical church uh, called Truth Tabernacle in Fresno, California for a good chunk of time. And we had people speaking in tongues there. And mm. when you first go to a church like that, you have a little faith in it. Uh, but then one day, this uh, girl that I went to school with named Dora, uh, who was truly a monster in school, uh, but one Sunday, one, one day at Sunday school, they were like, well, one of your fellow uh, Sunday school classmates has been given the gift of tongues. And it was Dora. I'm like, she literally is the meanest girl in my school. There's no way possible. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I mean, like when you see the facade just fall apart in front of you and you're like, oh, now you're just going to do the thing that you're going to do well, now that I realize it's not real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that is so confusing, too, because when you're a kid, I remember having little moments where I'm like, but you know, like, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. And yes, for children, it must be like literally rapturous mm -hmm. to, to get caught in that moment. I mean, it's not, you said she was a monster in school. I would love if her gift of speaking in tongues was that 
she opened her mouth and it was a forked tongue and it was <laughs> disgusting looking. And well, so like, who? she was just like, <laughs> just like started attacking people. That'd that would have be cool. been great. I would have enjoyed that. I would have for sure signed up for that. I would have been, been consistent with your worldview. For Look, if, so, if there was uh, the issue is that there's not enough demon uh, associations that, are deal- that we're dealing with. So it's really hard to believe in the one side when there's no representation on the other side. Yeah. And this is, this is what we need to talk about in the church is representation really does matter. And, <laughs> you know, achieving equity between angels and demons. Yeah. Isn't uh, that's an issue that, you know, we can't just leave it to the marginalized. We have to be a voice for the mar- marginalized, <laughs> in which case this is fallen angels. This is Lucifer. <laughs> This is demons and devils. Yes. And we need to speak up for them. So, like, is so I'm assuming that are you still like participating in any kind of church at all? Or I when I go, and I did go uh not to date this recording too much, but to Easter recently. I went to an Easter service at a local church here in Pasadena. When I go, it's to a church that's like explicitly progressive. Yeah. And so much of the messaging and ideology coming out of the church is an intersection with like faith practices or the Christ story with social justice issues. So things like having a queer black female pastor, uh, a woman pastor, which, you know, one of those would be bad to a lot of people. (laughs) Two or three all together is like, ah, you know. It is uh, usually several levels of sinning. Yeah, according to a lot of people who like to write their own fanfic of the Bible. So yes, uh, when, when I participate, I will participate in something like that, something that doesn't make me feel disgusting for having gone. And it's funny too, with that particular church where it's like to to feel almost like in the minority of like, I'm thinking of, I'm, and I've talked to the others, but I think I'm one of like 12 straight men that goes there. So it's like, hey, this is pretty, you know, it's a lot hey. of either like, uh, or I should say straight single men. It's a lot of like families or, you know, like straight families, queer families, and then just like queer singles as well. So it, it remains a, a hotspot for dating if you're into that sort of thing. I, I'm, I'm, I've, I've reached the age where I'm done and I'm retired from, uh, uh, from <laughs> dating. Yeah. It's really, it's a lot. And I, I'm good. How do you retire from dating? I'm 40 years old. You can just do that. Okay. I've, I've decided that I want to sleep in the middle of the bed for the rest of my life. And you can just <laughs> hang the Jersey up on, yeah, the, on you're the top allowed. of the arena. You didn't know that? Man, I didn't know that was an option. You're changing my life. So oh yeah, man. I'm just I'm I'm really like I, I I go to the bed with food too often to have somebody else be in the same room as me. So. Sure, 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 sure. And it sounds like you never get lonely. There's never a pang in your heart. You never desire companionship. I, I, well, I'm not lonely because I have the company of people uh, that tell me wonderful stories, and I get to hang out. Like I I'm never alone. I'm I'm only alone in bed, and I think Are that's you, you're saying you're not alone because you have a podcast. No, I'm saying I'm not alone because I have a I have a network. Of friends and I also get to do stuff like this. Gotcha. I'm, I'm, this is not, this would be very sad if I was like, this is my only. Yeah, because I was drug. like, if the podcast is your lover, <laughs> no, we no, might need to talk a little no, bit more I'm saying, than uh, we have time I have, for. I have like, I have, I have family, friends, and many other relationships to fulfill the, the needs of a companionship. I'm very down with that. I always think about that Bell Hooks quote where she talks about what if instead of romantic relationships being the center of our culture was more something like friendships. <laughs> and, and, you know, in yeah. like how just like unfucked a lot of people's like worldview or view of themselves or their esteem would be if that were the case and how much more functional everyone would be in people's friendships and whatnot. Like those are actual relationships too. They, they affect when you break up with a friend, it affects you just as bad as a breakup with a partner. So it's like, clearly you love these people. So yeah. they should qualify as that, that serious of a relationship. I've never had a uh, romantic relationship end or break up, 
in a way that was more painful than the worst friendship breakups of my life. I since I've did most of the breaking up in my life, uh, mm-hmm. I agree with you. <laughs> I'm the one. Like I like I friends have to break up with me. Uh, relationships, I did that myself <laughs> many right. times over. Yeah, I think it was broken up. The upper hand. Like because usually it's like I get ghosted and that means nothing to me. People are usually very upset by that. I I find it refreshing. Don't bother me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you yeah, big believer in ghost protocol. I try not to do it to anyone, but if someone does it to me, I get it. <laughs> yeah. It depends. Like I try. Like I do the slow fade away. I don't mm-hmm. fully ghost. Like I'm not like knock it. But I'm like. The messages slow down. <laughs> Fade away. The gentleman's yeah. ghost. Yes. We all understand that. I, I think it's the best way to go where you're like, this probably hurts your feelings the least, but you have a very good idea of what I'm doing. Well, and there's something too to like a mutual understanding of no one's left hanging. If there's a sense of like, I didn't ask you a question, you didn't ask me a question. Yeah. Or like, I'd love to see you again. If it's just, we just literally stopped talking. It's a very nice way to let people off the hook. So like, did you, did you have to leave the church at all back then or... Was that a no, I mean, I, 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 I kind of grew up with it. You know, I was fairly consistent, like elementary, middle, high school, fell off in college, then kind of got back into mm-hmm. it. And then kind of, you know, was really involved actually for the most in like my early 20s, which was like a really interesting time because I was living out here in LA at that time because I've been out here for 13 years. But Damn. that was probably my most church heavy time of my yeah. life because it felt like every relationship and every part of my life touched it in some fashion yeah. and in some capacity. And now that's not the case. And that feels better, I think. Same at ease. <laughs> well, just anytime all of your significant friendships and relationships come from one spot, you're not you're you're doing a disservice to yourself. You do oh, need yeah. to ameliorate your need and just to like experience a lot of different kinds of people too. Yes. Like I don't I definitely believe that you should have more people that disagree with you in some senses, not not in like a, like polarizing ways, but yeah, not in like gay people shouldn't exist and serve, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, like you should definitely agree with the civil rights aspect of the world, but <laughs> there are people yeah. that there are variations of human beings that you should have constant contact with. And I think that's happens with time. Yeah. Do you have any friends that are unvaccinated, speaking of people that you could disagree with in a relationship. <sighs> no. Okay. I knew I knew of two that I scolded into getting vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one thing for it to be your own health, but it's also the health of other people that you're not taking into consideration. And that's like that's a concern of mine. And like i like and the two people that I'm talking about, they're like they were black, so I understand the their apprehension towards sure. uh, science and medical stuff in America, but if you're white and vaccinated, I can't be friends. What's your excuse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I know. I get it. Okay, Kevin, it's time to read some of the juicy submissions we got from our listeners. It it's mailbag time. A local church hired a 40-ish pastor who likes to wear jeans on Sunday nights, and the senior citizens are not happy. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what a gentle scandal. A very gentle scandal. Jeez, on a... Wait, was it Saturday? I think it was Sunday night. Sunday night. Sunday night. Yeah. So he's he's wearing he's wearing the clothing during the day. I mean, yeah. I, I people want to live in a world. I, it might have to do with the sense of. I, I'd be curious to what the denomination is. Yeah. And where geographically this is, because that'll inform a lot of it. Well, I also I love that the local church hired a forty-ish pastor. So to them, that's young. <laughs> right. So I think we're getting a good sense of yeah. at least like yeah demographically. Yes. 
where the church is at. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Cool Jeans over here coming in with his with his unruly young vibes. Mr. Cool Jeans, Pastor Cool Jeans, Father Pastor Cool, cool Jeans. Jeans, Father Cool Jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this one is an also all right, it's the second piece of mail here. Uh, yeah. So a few years ago, we had an Easter party the day before Easter and invited a bunch of my son's preschool friends. I had a baby in January and was still breastfeeding, but decided to have a mimosa anyway. One of the moms called me out saying I shouldn't be drinking, which I responded to with the fact that my OBGYN had given me a full prescription of Percocet to help recover postpartum. And if that was fine to take, I don't think a little champagne would do any harm. She was dumbfounded and judgmental. I said I hadn't even touched the bottle since I don't like taking painkillers. So cut to the next day, Easter Sunday, the same lady texts me that she slipped in the shower and threw her back out and asked if she could have a few pills since it was Easter and she couldn't go see her doctor. (laughs) I said, sure. Uh, The next thing I knew, she shows up at my front door, totally high and slurring her speech. She takes the pills and says... Not to tell her husband because he he would worry that she's been working out too much. Turns out she was a major pill popper and I was the last to know. Oh, no. So she, <laughs> wow. There's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yes. what a, man, there's like the, uh, supporting characters. There's a protagonist, an antagonist. There's twists. There's turns. There's an arc. There's a humbling in this story and this little piece of gossip. This truly is the juice. The, uh, the chance to be self-righteous towards somebody who was doing it to you is the perfect revenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's beautiful to see yeah, the symmetry of that. Also, if I was the woman who, uh, who shamed the other woman for having a mimosa while breastfeeding, I would simply not do that, and I would indulge with one of the greatest yeah. joys that you can have after going to a party. And I assume this woman was not alone, that she was probably, yeah, with her husband or, or someone, a friend, and talk about it on the way home and be really catty and mean behind the person's back. Not in front of them. That's mean. Yeah, I, but I feel like there's some people who like to do that in public so they can see, like, see what I'm doing. It's like almost like to throw the scent off of them. Yeah, I guess so. I don't get it. I don't That's understand. like the way, like to judge somebody, especially like mothers, people love to walk up to moms, uh, especially new moms and just be like, this is what you should be doing instead of what you're doing. Because there's some, like if they're if you're not breastfeeding, so many people get upset by that. <laughs> I mean, this is, of course, not to, not to make it too uh, biblically themed, but this is the parable Christ tells us about the speck in your eye versus the plank. And this woman's mimosa was surely a speck. And this other woman's pill addiction is a <laughs> bit of a plank. Unfortunate. I love both of these women now. <laughs> yeah, I do want them to eventually reconcile and have all the pills and booze they want. Yeah, well, is, I don't, is the end of this story. <laughs> I want them to forever live near each other and always have some sort of discord. Uh, mm-hmm. I fully, this is sort of a very desperate housewife situation and I live for that kind of moment. And maybe this is like, you know, how like people have toxic relationships and romantic relationships where they enact the same dynamics over and over again. They break up, they get back together. Maybe this is these ladies' story too. I agree. That's it. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mailbag. Thank you so much, everyone out there, for sending in your mail. I love it. If you want to hear your story on the show, visit teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. It's now time for a short break, and we'll be right back with the Juice Line. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? 
but working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Mr. Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, of all the McDonald's burgers I've ever hamburgled, these are the hottest, juiciest, and tastiest. Brabble. Hurry in and enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like a daily double and small fries for a limited time. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any of the offer comparison of prior classic burgers. Welcome back to The Juice. I'm here with the hilarious Kevin T. Porter. All right, Kevin, now's the time in our show when we get to the phone. We call it the juice line. I'm hearing from our board operator that today's caller is Maddie. Let's patch her in. Please hold. Thank you. Hi, Maddie. Hello. Hello. We want the tea. I feel like I need to give you guys a little bit of background just for it to make sense. So please, (laughs) I was working at a pharmaceutical manufacturing plant. So you have to sign everything or it didn't happen. And the FDA gets really angry, et cetera, et cetera. So pins are a valuable commodity and you are only allowed to use blue or black pens for, I don't know. I've never really understood that rule, but that is a very strict rule. (laughs) So as a prank, When we were bored in manufacturing one time, (laughs) we switched out like the the ink type in one of the manufacturing official pens from black to red and uh, gave it to a supervisor that we didn't (gasps) love that much. Ooh. (laughs) Okay. I already love love where this is going. Um, and, And I will never say who did it. It was a collective. Um, <laughs> it was a union of yes. sorts. Um, but the supervisor used the red pen on an official document, like, oh, no, which we thought he would just like, oh, no, this is the wrong pen. Cross it out, initial date, and be fine. Instead, he opened up a deviation investigation, like, had to recall all of the pins off of like the manufacturing floor that night. Like instead of us actually making drugs, we were collecting pins off of like everyone's desks. <laughs> a, a great use of time. <laughs> um, he launches like an eight part to true crime investigative oh, yeah. podcast. No, it got to, where he's like, oh. They eventually like called the people who made the pins like that company Oh, and filed no. a major customer complaint. And like, because, I mean, at some point they were like, you guys have to tell us the truth or you're getting fired. And we're like, all right, well, no one knows anything. That's weird. What a strange pen. So your manager spoke to the manager. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that's, you know, they say hurting people hurt people. And it's true that managers speak to the managers. Somebody's got to do to it. the managers. Yeah, but I think it ended up wow. costing, because like every like deviation investigation is estimated to cost like at least $10,000 worth of like company time. So, <laughs> whoops. That's funny. Wow. And, and isn't, isn't that a beautiful thing? Because if someone had brought a sword into the manufacturing place, it would have they would someone would have just said, Hey, take that sword out of here. No investigation, yeah. no follow-ups. So in this case, the pin mm-hmm. actually <laughs> is mightier than the sword. <laughs> which is beautiful to think about. For all you riders out there, take note with a pin of your choice. It could be a purple ballpoint for all we care. I thank you for <laughs> <laughs> so and it, like nothing was found out. No, yeah. I mean, um, I left the company years ago, but as far as I'm aware, they still have no idea what caused Tengazi, as we nicknamed it. Oh, that's gorgeous. <laughs> that's so gorgeous. What a wonderful name. Thank you, Maddie. Tengazi. I'm so happy you told me about this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And there are parallels, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of wasted time, a lot of, you know, much ado about nothing, essentially. I love this, and a lot of lost lives mm-hmm. <laughs> as well. <laughs> And, and did it, so how how long so where is this is the supervisor still with the company since you left or no I don't I don't think so oh god he's probably out there terrorizing other people isn't he probably yeah I don't know I'm hoping that he just moved on and didn't find like a managerial role because he wasn't a bad person per se he just was a terrible okay. supervisor was he very old like uh, how, what do you estimate his age to be if you oh, had to like, guess well he was one of those like general middle-aged white men so anywhere between mm-hmm. like 40 to 60 somewhere in there. <laughs> I, I, no I will say that's a pretty <laughs> broad range but i appreciate of how it. terrible did he look that that is where you could pinpoint between 40 and 60 <laughs> he, like i'm a massive <laughs> breath of time it is really that he is looking some sort of weird if he if you can't even just like <laughs> bring it down to like a decade wow Wowie, wow. I mean, and that's the thing. And that's a, another lesson for all of our listeners today is like there's 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 different ways to age. Everyone's doing different procedures to mitigate aging. Mm-hmm. But there's also things you do in your own life to exacerbate it and accelerate aging, including Look. making hay out of Pengazi and Pengate. Let go of pen color. It's really, honestly, it's a very form, weird form of racism, uh, <laughs> black and red. <laughs> Yeah, you don't you go. wish you, we could we could have? I mean, you just I have grab a, dream. a pen. <laughs> I have a dream that one day people would be judged not for the content of the pen ink, but with what they write with. Them. Honestly, and honestly, it's very sad. Honestly, I think that is we should as a nation. I'm very glad that we're finally being able to confront this. And Maddie, you're you're you and that group of people that you don't know anything about that you're not involved with whatsoever. You did the Lord's work. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. Thank you so much for that wonderful story. I, I enjoyed it so much. Have a lovely day and use whatever color you want. When whatever you freaking color you want. Your notes and your checks and whatnot. <laughs> that is kind of, that's the level of petty that I'm a big fan of. And I'd like to think we made a difference in that young woman. Honestly, I th- well, she made, she changed my life. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to go change the pen ink on all my friends' pens. Gosh, I know. And I, I, I will say, though, that there, there are certain, like, favorites 
kinds of pins that I use all the time. And if a different color ink came out of it, it would break my brain in a way that like, you know, we want to act like we're above this uh, 40 to 60 year old man, but maybe I too would spiral out of my mind if I, something similar happened to truthfully, me. Truthfully, um, haven't uh, grabbed the pen to write anything down in years. Wow. I've, wow. I've, 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 I've pretended to pick up a pen and write something down. Like when they tell you like on the phone, like write this number down. Never do it, just pretend I do every time. Wow, amazing. All right, Kevin, you've been such a wonderful guest. I really appreciate you coming in here today. Oh, wow, thanks for having me on The Uh, Juice. Thank you for being here. Oh, But I'll bake something for you anytime. Oh, now, Kevin, you're being too kind. Cakes, cookies, pies, brownie bars, blondies, whatever you're into. And I've been starting to, like, churn cream, too. Homemade ice cream. It's changed my life. That's Kevin T. Porter, everyone. Be sure to check out his podcast, Good Christian Fun, Inside Voices, and Gilmore Guys. They're all amazing. And as always, if you want to tell your story on The Juice, send them in by visiting teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. If you love this episode, please leave us a great rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I promise I read them all. The Juice is produced by Nick Liao, Jen Samples, and Lisa Berm. Executive producers are Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Salataroff. Music by Eduardo Perez and mixing by Joe Tisdall. Booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Maddie Ogden. Thanks for listening, and as always, have a juicy day. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 